0: And before I introduce our next speaker, I just I've been brushing up on uh, dad jokes, and I just want to try one really quickly with you all. All right, and I also love fun facts, so it's kind of a mix of both. So, did you all know that the first French fries were not cooked in France, but they were actually cooked in Greece? All right, dad joke complete. All right, I'm really excited to uh, welcome. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a delayed a little bit. Yeah. So I'm really I'm really excited to uh, welcome up our speaker today. Um, our speaker is a senior pastor at Living Hope Church in Emeryville alongside her husband, Pastor Benjamin Robinson, who you might uh, have recognized from speaking up here a, a few weeks ago. She's also an international speaker at churches all over the world, speaking on missions in uh, Indonesia and Korea and all sorts of awesome places, uh, and really important not more importantly, but really special to us, is she's actually an overseer of our house. She is a pastor of our pastors, uh, Ryan and Suki Longfield. Um, her and her husband, Pastor Benjamin, um, have helped Ryan and Suki through many times and have helped this church through many, many seasons. And so we're eternally grateful to them and love the way that the Lord speaks through them and uh, just pours out to us uh, through them. And so uh, today, uh, Pastor Sonny, who I'm going to welcome up in just a bit, um, is going to be speaking about the church's calling for missions as part of our um, Consumed in His Missions series, um, uh, the our church priorities. And so, uh, yeah, so we're, the last week's sermon and this week's sermon and the next few sermons are going to be around the Consumed in His mission. So please uh, give a raucous, what's the word I'm looking for? Ruckus, well, ruckus, welcome to Pastor Sonny Robinson. Yeah. Thank you.
1: Mark, I missed you. Ooh, am I too loud? (laughs) I'm always too loud, right? How nice! I could sit sometimes. That's awesome. Do I look hipster-like, kind of cool, sitting, talking? All right. Oh, well. Okay, let's pray. Actually, uh, before I pray, can you stand for the reading of the word? I have a few, but let's just start with three portions. We will start with Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Acts 1, 8, and Acts 13, 2 to 3. All right? Is that up there? No? If not, open your Bibles or your cell phones to... We'll start with Matthew chapter 28. Okay, Matthew chapter 28. Maybe most of us memorized this already, huh? Ready? Go. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. We're going to jump to Acts one Ready? Go. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, (laughs) in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Probably memorize it anyway, right? All right. Okay, this one I will wait for you. Acts chapter 13. Open your Bibles and your cell phones starting at verse 2. Acts chapter 13 starting at verse 2. Ready? Go. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Let us pray. Spirit of God, we ask that you would speak, that your voice will be heard by everyone in this room, that your heart would be shared with every son, every daughter of yours, Lord. That if we had any misconceptions, God, about missions, God, wake us up. God, show us show us what your, your thoughts towards missions, Lord. Today I ask, we ask that you would help every one of us to lay down our own agendas and to join you in your mission, God. God, we want our hearts to burn for what your heart burns for, Lord. We want to pursue your heart, your missions, not our own. So Holy Spirit, speak and set apart your sons and daughters for your mission, we ask. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, there's only one. Look at your other neighbor and say, there's only one mission. Okay. I'm just here to tell you. You know, so many churches and so many Christians, they're like really searching what God, you know, what are you calling me to do? What is my mission? What is our church's mission? And you want to be creative, you know, especially in this generation, this hipster generation. We want to be creative. We want to influence the culture. And yes, we do. But guess what? If you're still searching, stop searching. There's only one mission. Only one, God's mission, missio dei. Everybody say misio. misio. Say dei. dei. It's a Latin word for God's mission, okay? Now, I feel like I could just sit down. We just read, you know, Matthew, right, chapter 28. Let's obey Jesus. Let's go and make disciples, teaching them, right? Let, let's do that. Right and you know what? Let's receive the Holy Spirit. Let's go from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Done, God's mission. But you know, there, what keeps us from joining God's mission? Our own agenda. Every one of us, we have passion and desire. We want to be creative. And so we have our own agenda. And a lot of times that's the only obstacle. No, not only. That's one of the obstacles that keeps God's people from joining God in his mission. Not yours, not mine. Presbyterian churches, Pentecostal churches, non-denominational churches. It doesn't matter what denomination you come from. If you're a child of God, if you believe in Jesus Christ as your Savior, there is only one mission. Everybody say, one mission. So I'm here to, instead of like preaching to you, I kind of want to talk to you about that a little bit. You know, as I was preparing, because missions is my heart. I have so much to say about missions, I got kind of overwhelmed. It's like, I need more than 45 minutes Give me like, I don't know, seven weeks or something, right? Like I have so much to say, but I feel like, but I want I just want to talk to the archers today. Can we do that? What keeps you and I from truly joining God in his missions? So I want to, first thing is your own agenda. You feel like, you know what? This is God's calling. I believe our church should do this, you know, and a lot of times, Blood-bought Jesus-believing Christians, instead of submitting to God's mission, submitting to the leadership of the church, they actually bring more chaos and division. Why aren't we as a church fighting social justice here and there? And these group of people are saying, our mission, hmm? That's the fight against racism. Why aren't our church doing anything about it? Ah, right? And they're like, no, we're going to deal with homelessness. Ah, and different people with different passion, they're just screaming and they're angry or they're offended at pastors. Why don't you care? Why aren't you doing anything? And almost feel like, man, I'm the only one who cares about this. Got to wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, wake up. When you are frustrated, listen, if you're frustrated because you're, you're pursuing something, God's mission, if you're frustrated, let me, let me just say this. If you feel kind of uncomfortable because I'm saying in a hard way, can you ask the Holy Spirit to keep your heart safe, protect your heart from spirit of offense? I'm just going to say Say it, okay? But just listen to my heart. If you have ever been frustrated or offended, angry, depressed, sad, because your church or your pastors are not doing what you desire to do, you're pursuing the wrong mission. I don't care how godly it is, guys. You're pursuing the wrong mission. You're pursuing your own mission you got to lay it down and you got to pursue God's mission. Amen? Now, so in order for us to really understand, we got to like open up our minds and our hearts and get rid of these obstacles, things, beliefs and feelings that keeps us from joining God in his missions, right? So our own agenda. Another thing that keeps us is the spirit of this age. You know, I, the other day, a few weeks ago, I was praying, and the vision that I saw was people of God. You know how when people are hypnotized in the cartoon, their eyes are like spiral, right? And so they walk around saying things and doing things that they don't really know until somebody, like, shakes. Oh, my gosh, right? What I saw was people of God are walking around hypnotized, you know? And, and, and because they're being influenced, deceived by the spirit of this age right and the spirit of this age is characterized by take a wild guess what offense everybody's offended about everything pastor how could you say that word how could you say that oh my gosh i'm offended pastor how could you not mention that word it's like anything everything everybody's offended Right? Right? What? Pastor, you know, we have people like non-African-American members kind of offended that African-American pastor is not talking about social justice. Hello! Right? Uh, Come on, guys. My husband does care. But he's praying. He's asking God to lead us, lead our house. God, where do you want us to influence in the area of social justice. But so many people being hypnotized and influenced by the spirit of this age, right? We get offended. We get, we get offended. Why don't we pray more? We're praying too much. Why don't we worship longer? We're, worship, we're worshiping too long. I mean, anything, everything, we get offended. And that spirit of, of offense keeps us from joining God in his Mission. Now, in order for us to understand God's mission, we've got to really understand the gospel. You hear me? You have to understand it. When John the Baptist came, what did he preach? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When Jesus came, what did he preach? Repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. When you and I receive Jesus as our king, our savior, what are we doing? We are entering into the realm of our God's rulership. Kingdom is where there's a king that reigns, right? And he rules. A lot of times we see Christianity as more, just a mere religion rather than the kingdom of God. When we see Christianity as just a religion, we pursue what our heart desires, not God's mission, no, our own mission, what our heart desires. When we see Christianity as a, a religion, you see, we could, we could demand and we could get offended. I could be a pastor, have an affair, and still be a pastor. But in kingdom of God, Oh, my gosh. God could just zap me like this. <laughs> kingdom of God, it's not what we vote. It's what the king says. Right, right. Kingdom of God is where Jesus Christ reigns. Hmm? Kingdom of God, right? You know, I heard, I heard recently about the kingdom of God, right? And, and oh man, who's the guy? He passed away. Kingdom of God. Oh, I totally preached about this. Okay, never mind. He, he wrote an amazing book about purpose. Doesn't matter. Anyway, he was talking about the kingdom of God. And it kind of woke me up. It woke me up because sometimes, sometimes, I get disappointed. I mean, I'm, I'm a, like, I sacrifice, guys. You know? I mean, I go all over the world and I don't stay at five store hotels. You know, and our church people know I'm afraid of bugs. And every time, wherever I go, there are many bugs. And the way the enemy wants to distract me, attack me, right, is through bugs. I've told our people, like, when I first went to Indonesia, I've seen bugs that I've never seen in my life. Like, it had an antenna, and the eyeballs were on top of the antenna. And wherever I went, it followed me. Shh. And then It comes. And then when I go that way and, you know, I'm preaching, I'm like, oh, and then I go this way and this thing just like shoo, comes after me. <laughs> and it stares at me, me, right? I, 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 I'm, I'm sacrificing. Even the other night, Benjamin and I had to run because my daughter and I, we screamed our head off because there was a spider on the wall. I'm still afraid of bugs. And I go to places where the bugs rain. Yeah. <laughs> not Jesus, not people, where bugs rain. Hmm? Even me, when I heard Derek Prince, no, not Derek Prince, man, I keep forgetting. When I heard about kingdom of God being preached, even me who sacrificed daily to pursue God's mission, even I was shaken. And I was like, man, God, Man, God, I did not know. I, there was a greater level of surrender and submission. Sometimes we're disappointed. We're disapp- Don't you get disappointed? A lot of single women here, God, how long? Do you want me to wait? Like I have many, enough friends who compromised. I'm not compromising. And you believe here year after, year. how long? You can't help but be disappointed people you know there's so many babies being born but there are plenty of other couples that want a child they cannot bear a child it took me nine years to have one right and it's been 10 years and i haven't had another one yet there's in life we get disappointed we get discouraged but you know what i realized We got it all wrong. If we are disappointed and discouraged, it's because we've been pursuing our own mission. God, why aren't you answering this prayer? God, why aren't you making this happen? God, if you're God of love, why would you let this happen? Why, God? Why, God? Why, God? And when we live with disappointment, we're not pursuing. We haven't joined God. In his one mission, we're pursuing this mission and that mission, and we get disappointed. You know, we just came back from our church-wide retreat. It was so powerful. It was one of the best. First night, Benjamin preaches powerfully. So good. Listen to our podcast. It's so good. (laughs) So he preaches powerfully. He sits down. I take the mic, and I lead the altar. It's always like this. Benjamin, this great man of faith, whatever God does, he's disappointed (laughs) because he believed for like fire to come down and zap everybody and like, right? But it's like very sweet presence of the Lord and, you know, tears were coming down, but nobody was on the floor shaking and (laughs) no snot, just quiet tears, you know, just, just, just you know, maybe one eye and maybe some people too. And, and so Benjamin's like, God, why do I feel like you're there with me when I'm preaching? But every time I, at, towards the end of my sermon, I feel like you always leave me. God, this again? This is it? And you know what God said? He said, Benjamin. And he just talked about purpose, right? That like our purpose has nothing to do with what we do our purpose in life is to be the object of god's love you living out your purpose isn't god what do you want me to do you're you living out your purpose is when you what no matter what season you are in you say god i receive your love even when you feel like you failed instead of hiding behind the bush you come to god and say god i receive your love that god sent his son his beloved only son, to bring you into his kingdom as his child. And all he desires from you is for you to live out your purpose, to receive the Father's love. So he preaches this this revelation. It's so powerful. It doesn't matter what you do. Just receive God, your Father's love. And he sits down. He's like, God, what, what? Why? Why aren't you? What? Why would you leave me behind like this? And then this is what God said to Benjamin. Son, I'm always pleased with you. Why aren't you always pleased with me? Son, every time you preach, I'm always pleased with you. Every time. There wasn't one time where I was not pleased with you. I'm always pleased with you. But son, why aren't you pleased with what I'm doing? And then at that moment, he saw a vision of Aletheia's face. So she's 10. I'm glad she's not here. I almost brought her. and She'll be mad if she knew I was talking about her. <laughs> 10 years old, guys. She tries to cross the boundary <laughs> 10,000 times a day. We give her everything. We really... She's spoiled. I spoil her. It took me nine years to have one. I give her allowance, and I still buy her everything she wants. (laughs) Even then, she has bad attitude. Lately? No! Alethea, go wash your hand. No! Alethea, it's time to do your homework. No! always, always. I want, I'm hungry. What do you want? In and out. Okay, let's go in and out. Ah, You asked for in and out. I want you to go get it. I don't want to go. No matter what, I, she has bad attitude. And when God says, son, I'm always pleased with you. Why aren't you always pleased with me? He saw Aletheia's face. And then he said to God, God, I have a bad attitude. Me? Benjamin Robinson? I have a bad attitude. And you know what he realized? Every time his expectation didn't get met, he was disappointed. And he always walked away, eh, God, I don't understand. And that, that, us, that is like us having a bad attitude. We're acting like a 10-year-old. If you feel like I should be beyond where I am right now, If you feel like you're behind and your friends have moved on on, and you don't understand God, why? Then you know what? You know what? You're not pleased with what the Father is doing in your life. You know why? You know why? Look at me. Because it's not about you. When you join God in his mission, it's not about you. It's about his mission. You know, Benjamin talked about recently, when you join God in his mission, right, it doesn't matter where you are at, it doesn't matter what your career is, you're there whether you are at Instagram, Google, Facebook, schools, church, it doesn't matter, student, it doesn't matter where you are at, you hear me? If you are a a child of God, Hmm. And you join God in his mission, it doesn't matter what season you're in in life. It doesn't matter what kind of job. I don't know. I don't know what, what God, what's, your, what's, what's my destiny? What do you, where do you want me to? God, open the doors. God, open the doors. Everybody pray. Pray that I get this job. Pray that God opens the door. For what? For you? So you could be happy? It's not even about you. If it's about you, you're pursuing your own mission. There's only one mission, God's mission. <laughs> kingdom of God is where God reigns. But you know what's crazy? Kingdom, of, a kingdom is where king reigns with subjects. But what's crazy is that kingdom of God, he has no subjects. He only has sons and daughters. Kingdom of God, okay, Our King Jesus does not enslave you to make you do what you don't want to do. Our God, the Father, the King, welcomes sons and daughters. His mission is to bring the lost sons and daughters into his kingdom. His heart aches when there are sons and daughters that are lost. They're walking around hypnotized. Who's Jesus? His heart burns. And the one and only mission of God is to go get his lost sons and daughters. Yeah. And joining God in his mission isn't praying about going to Africa. It's, it's not about, did you call me to full-time ministry? Should I quit my job and going to full-time ministry? It's not even about that. Whether you're a pastor or not, teacher or, or tech person, it doesn't matter. Hmm? joining God in his mission is understanding that I belong to the king and my heart burns for what my king's heart burned for and saying God my life is not my own to you I belong Lord Lord send me send me and when he sees his lost sons in Instagram he looks around who surrender do I have sons and daughters who are surrendered? And when he sees, I want you to go to Instagram. Go get my lost sons and daughters. And you're at Instagram or Facebook, wherever you're at. You're like, thank you, Jesus. God, open this door for me. I want I pray for promotion. Pray that I get promoted. I feel like, yeah, double portion, promotion, promotion. And you pray. But what does that open door mean? Just so that you get more money? No. Open door means... That in that realm, he gives you more authority to pursue the lost sons and daughters. Oh, God, I don't understand why I'm stuck here. God, take me out of here. It doesn't matter what season. You're single, guess what? God called you to be single right now to reach the lost. If you're married, guess what? In your married life, God called you to reach the lost. If you have children, as a family, God called his people to reach the lost. There's only one mission. Look at your neighbor and say, one mission. There's only one mission. Hmm? uh, Professor Van Engen was my biblical foundations professor at Fuller Seminary a long time ago. And this is what he said. You know, pursuing God's mission is... God's people, people of God, crossing barriers. If we're just here in a nice church and we worship, we dance, we cry, and we're just here. and we just love each other, and people are dying out there. But hey, this is where I belong. I only want certain type of people in this church. Right? That's not a church. That's a club. Hmm? What God desires is these people of God that come together, that worship with all their hearts. Acts chapter 13, that's what we read, right? The people of God came to the church of Antioch. They worshiped. They ministered to the Lord. They worshiped. They pursued their purpose, which is receiving God's love. And loving God back as child of God and in their worship of God They're able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit says set apart for me Barnabas and Paul for the work For the work my work my mission and so the mission is Hearing the voice of God wherever you are at in life single married Hmm? children, no children, Instagram. I keep saying Instagram and Facebook because we have so many people that work there. It doesn't matter. You hear the voice of God and you cross barriers. Barrier. Everybody say barriers. It's the people of God that needs to cross the barriers. Because a lot of times the people of God wait for the non-believers to cross the barrier. Joining God's mission is hearing his voice And when he speaks, we cross the barrier from Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and ends of the earth. Joining God's mission isn't for people like Emily hmm, or Ilani. It's not just for them. Right? It's for all of you. If you're a child of God, you are called to be a missionary. Doesn't mean you all have to go to Africa and eat bugs. I mean, if you come with me, I may make you eat bugs, just for fun of it. No. Wherever you're at, if you're called to Jerusalem, you're a missionary in Jerusalem. If you're called to Judea, you are called as a missionary in Judea. If you're called to Samaria, you are a missionary in Samaria. If you are called to the ends of the earth, then you are called to be a missionary over all over the nations doesn't matter doesn't matter you are a missionary wherever you are at berkeley if god sent you here he didn't just do you a favor by them allowing you to come god chose you to be the light to be the salt here in berkeley amen there are two areas if you want to join God in his missions, and you want to do it well, there are two areas you need to live your life from, okay? Two areas, ready? One is in his embrace, God's arms, where you just freely receive the unconditional love of your Father. And in that embrace, right, no matter what situation, what difficult season you are walking in, God, you still love me. God, I receive your love. Hmm? God, I receive your love. You receive his love. God, I failed here. God, I didn't do such a good job here. But it doesn't matter because nothing I do or don't do will keep you from loving me. So, God, I receive your love. You remain in his arms, in his love, and you receive his love, his bosom. Another place that we're supposed to live from is his right hand. Right hand is a place of authority and strength. This is where when you belong to the kingdom of God, right, God gives you his authority. And you take his authority and you go wherever he calls you to go and reign over the realm that he called you to reign over. You know, oftentimes, people get so anxious. I need to do this. I better be more missional. I better be more anointed. And you feel like, oh, I don't have what it takes. And you become anxious. Oh, I don't don't know. Oh, oh, sign up for Nepal. Oh, I don't know. I feel guilty. I don't want to go. But maybe I should. I don't know. Should I give more money? And maybe that, I don't know. If you're anxious or afraid. Right it's not it's not because you don't have the authority. It's because you haven't spent enough time in his embrace To receive his unconditional love And you go back, you know before this retreat That we just came back from my pursuit was here Because you know this busy korean Woman, I, I almost say girl. I'm not a girl. I'm almost 50, right? So I'm a woman, right? This, this busy Korean blood in me, right? Like I could easily like do 10,000 different things at once, right? I, I like doing. I like being active, right? And a lot of times I find myself, right, going here and doing this and casting demons out, and, right? <laughs> and oftentimes in those in the midst of, Serving God, I feel empty. I feel not so powerful. Sometimes I preach and people get offended. <laughs> and they make sure to let me know. <laughs> oh. Oh, after all these years you're still hurt. Oh, as a oh. And then I feel like oh, I'm just not a good leader then. Maybe I'm not, a good, I'm not called to be a preacher. Oh, man. I remember I went to East Coast and I did this big conference, right? And then, like, first two session was pretty good, right? And then third session was pretty powerful. But then the last session just sucked. <laughs> I, feel like, I felt like I couldn't articulate what was in me, and I feel like people were all falling asleep. And I was like, oh, I just want to finish and get out of here. But then, oh, then, oh, I failed. Man, I wish, like, first or second session was like that. I wish I finished, bang, and then left, right? But then the last session was so bad, right? And so I was like, oh, I hate this. But then, like, I felt so bad, I wanted to get through my teaching and finish it. So I finished it. And I gave the mic. And I sat down. And I am feeling shame. Have you ever felt shame on your face? It's like tangible. You know what I mean? It's like I felt shame. I was like, oh, they'll never invite me ever again. You know, they probably think, oh, they, we should have invited Pastor Benjamin. I don't know. Like, all these th- thoughts are like going through my mind. And in that moment, I was like, oh, I just want to get out. I never want to come back here. And I heard God's voice, Sonny. What's your purpose again? Uh to receive your love. So, um, you teach your people that their purpose is to receive God's love. And their value is not what they do, but in who they are. Who they are is not what they do. They're child of God. For just being a child of God, they're valuable. You teach them that, right? Yeah. Sonny, even right now. Can you live out your purpose? Can you receive my affirmation and love? I was like, how? God said, Sonny, you can't always hit a home run. I mean, every time you're on the bat and you hit home run, man, you'd be a multi-billionaire. You can't always hit a home run. Sometimes you strike out. But even when you strike out, when you even when you failed and sh- you striked out, and, but you say, God, my value is not how well I did this. My value is who I am in you. I'm your precious daughter. God, thank you that you delight in me even when I didn't hit a home run. If you live, if you pursue that right now, Sonia, I will be more proud of you than if you hit a home run. More than you preaching powerfully, slaying everybody, saving everybody, delivering everybody. In the lowest place, in the pit of pit where you want to hide, in that very place, if you pursue your purpose as a child of God and find dignity and value in who you are as my child, I will be so much more proud of my daughter. When you are able to remain here, live your life here, you're living your purpose out. And then you mature a little bit, right? Sometimes, us, for 30, 40 years, we learn. We we, we have to relearn this. We always somehow find ourselves in the pit, but we learn. To remain in his arms, to find our value in who we are in him, that we grow up a little bit, and then we could love him back. We could love him back, even when we don't see, even when he doesn't answer the prayers that I want him to answer. even in those moments when I'm mature enough, I could be pleased with my father. I could be pleased. What what he is doing. Even when I don't see the good, I see my father who is good. (laughs) If you are able to remain here and live from here, man, walking in in the right hand of God, in the authority of Christ Jesus. To be missional, to join God in his mission to save the lost, this is easy this becomes natural you hear me you hear me god's call for every one of us his voice is this separate my son my daughter who's willing who's willing to lay down their own agenda Who's willing to lay down their disappointments? Who's willing to receive the Father's love? Who's willing to see the goodness of God no matter what season they're in? Separate unto me those sons and daughters. Because I will call them. And I will send them. And I will reach my lost sons and daughters, through those, through my sons and daughters that have surrendered. You know, being married to Benjamin Robinson, we were friends in college. When I was in college, I felt like somebody who had no talents. I felt like, God, it's kind of not fair. Benjamin could preach. He was... Always the main preacher when we did revival services. Benjamin could lead worship. Benjamin could prophesy. He could teach theology, right? He could teach anything from the Bible in a moment's notice. But me, back then, I feel like I can't preach. I don't even know what prophecy means. I grew up in a Presbyterian church. I can't sing. The, my only job was to do the overhead, you know, put the songs right, right you know, the first two l- lines right there so people could see. That was my job in college. I remember, I remember I felt like, God, it's kind of not fair. You should have like... Like divide it like halfway. Give him half. Like let him preach, but at least give me the ability to sing and lead worship. Some, give me some. But do you know what I learned? In my hand, I didn't have ability to articulate. Oh, you told me not to say that anymore, sorry. I didn't have ability to sing songs and lead worship. In my hands, I didn't, have, I didn't have money. I had to work, full-time job, and get loans to go through school. In my hand, I didn't have much. And when I looked at my hand, you know what I had? I had fear. Benjamin had talents and gifts. I had fear. I had fear of bugs. It's funny to you, but it's not funny to me. <laughs> I have fear. I was a, every, It's so weird, you know. Every time I walked to school or home, from home to school, there are certain areas where I'm like fear comes on me, and I have to just run through those areas. I had weird kind of fear. I have fear of public when I would hold as much as I can, but when I couldn't, I would do my business, and I had to time it right, opening the door and flushing. For some reason, flushing was so scary to me that I had to time it right, flush and run out. You know what I had? I had fear. The only thing that was visible that I possessed was fear. Well, you know what else was in my hand? Even though I had fear, I had a yes. I had a yes. If God told me to go to Indonesia, I, I'm, I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to, you know, deliver people from demons. I don't know how to heal people. I don't have gift of healing. But I don't know how I'm going to do. But I have a yes. I don't know how I'm going to deal with my fear of bugs, but I have a yes. And I'll go and I'll deal with whatever crazy bugs that come against me. I had, a, I had fear, but I had a yes. You know, for me, me, as a Korean American who grew up with low self-esteem, just an average, you know, Like, I didn't get all A's. Like, I wasn't that kind of special person, you know. You know, A's and B's. Just average. With low self-esteem. In order for me to join God in his mission was to surrender what was in my hand. God, I give you my fear. I give you my yes. I give you my fear, I give you my yes. I remember in one of the first mission trips to Africa, I, I led a team, I'm going to end with this, So if we could have the worship team come back. I led this group of people, some of them were older than me, more wiser than me. Young people, you know, I could kind of fake it, you know what I mean? I could act like I'm confident even though I'm like shaking inside. But in front of older people, you can't really fake it. You know, they can see you through, right? So I had like this group of people that are young but mostly older than me. So I take a team to Africa and I'm like shaking. God, 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 how can they follow me when I'm not a good leader and I don't know what I'm doing? But I gave him my yes. So I took a team and I went. And you know what I had to do? Every morning at 5 a.m., I put on the alarm, I will wake up. Full of fear. I can't. What if I can't lead? What if I have nothing to say to them? Full of fear. Oh, when I go out, because in order for me to pray, right, because I have to rely on God because I have nothing in me, I felt like there was no good thing in me. So I have to wake up at 5, pray for 2 hours, 5 to 7, kind of like beg, oh, God, please give me something. Oh, God, please show me something. Please, please don't let me drown here. Please, I, I would have to beg God for 2 hours. But even then, my heart is full of fear because I know I have to get out of this dorm in order to pray. I have to walk across this, this open field and go to another building to pray so no one could hear me. But from this storm to this building, there are so many bugs, (laughs) cockroaches. You know, at that time, people were dying of malaria in Africa. Right now, you just need pills. Back then, people died. I wake up. I need to to seek God. I need to ask him for his mercy. But I'm full of fear full of fear, spray myself to bug buck spray, half a bottle a day. And I would shake, I would shake leaving the dorm, walking across, and just like, you know, just like, like these bugs flying at me. Out of nowhere, they would just come at me. i like, ah, right? And I would run to the, right? And I would pray. And as I'm praying, out of nowhere, these giant, I'm like, I don't have gift of exaggeration like regular preachers do. <laughs> I'm not like Benjamin. No. no, seriously, these cockroaches were like this big, out of nowhere. You would think, right? You would think God would kind of like shish them away like, oh, Sonny's, you know, seeking my faith. No. Every time I go, these bugs from nowhere would come. And they would come at me. And, you know, often, I, some of you probably heard this. I would spray a circle with a ray, ray, right? Psh- spray myself with bug spray, I would go in there and I would just pray here. Oh God, please. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. God, please. God, I don't know what I'm doing but I gave you my yes, so I'm here. So please God, please God. And I would just pray. And these bugs would come at me. And I'm like, I am not giving my space up. I gave you all these other words. All I ask is this little circle. Come on. But guess what? These bugs just came And when he entered that circle, I went like this. Oh, man, see, fear even threw me out of that little circle. And I was discouraged. Oh, man, how am I going to pray now? And in that moment, the Holy Spirit says, Sonny, Sonny, this is prophetic. Take authority. Take authority. Look at those bugs. Look at it. Open your eyes and look. And I looked. It was around 7 o'clock. Two hours ago, I sprayed the bug spray. Two hours later, these bugs come at me. They're in the middle of my circle. And when God said, look again, I looked, they were flapping. (laughs) And I realized, oh, my gosh, the bug spray that I sprayed two hours ago was still in effect. And it was killing those bugs. And he said, how much more your prayers? How much more your prayer, Sonny. You can't see the bug spray, but you know exactly where you sprayed it. And you see the effect of that bug spray. How much more my precious daughter seeking my face. I was in his bosom. And he said, here, let me hold you up with my righteous right hand. Sonny, go step on that bug. (laughs) Prophetic sign. And I was like, uh, can it just die by itself? Do I really have to step on it? And I went, in the name of Jesus, die. I killed it. I killed him bugs. But that night. That morning, we actually went to an unreached region. We went from shack to shack, inviting people to the open air, small revival service we were holding. We visited this shack, and this man was dying. Couldn't even sit up. And we were praying. We prayed. Nothing happened. So we worshiped, In the middle of our worship. I'm not lying. Out of nowhere, this mighty rushing wind came through the window, went across us, and went out the door, and it opened the door. And we're like, whoa, what is that? And then we looked at the man. He was completely healed, sitting up, sitting up. And he said, my niece is also dying of the same thing. Can your team please go and pray? And so our team, this man who was dying, completely healed, took our team to his niece's place. Our team prays, she gets healed. They both come to the revival service and testifies, testifies. Why am I saying this? Will you put your hands up like this? What's in your hand? You may feel like I'm too wounded to join God in his mission You may feel like, well, I'm not like pastors I'm not like those missions people like Emily or Ilani I don't, I don't know what it means to join God in his mission You know what God is saying? He's not asking you to be like anybody else All he asks is surrender what's in your hand You may be like me Maybe you may not see anything good in there. All you have is fear or disappointment. I don't know. Today, God is asking his sons and daughters, you want to join me in my mission? Surrender what's in your hand. Because God can do marvelous things you see, Moses, he had a stuttering, stuttering problem. He couldn't even speak that well. And when God asked him, what's in your hand? He said, all I have is this stick that I use for my sheep. And God said, that's all you need. That's all you need. That's not a glorious staff that was manufactured supernaturally. It was just the stick that he picked up along the way. What was in his hand just a stick And god said if you s- Surrender it to me I could work miracles And through My doing my mission I can use you To reach My sons and daughters that are lost I hear the lord saying I have need of you I desire my sons and daughters that are in my kingdom to join me in my mission you know what i hear the lord saying it's time for us to get up from the couch watching tv which is our right as sons and daughters Alethea, the first thing that she does when she comes home she said i don't want to do my homework i studied all day Let, i need to relax so he, she watches youtube videos on our tv I'm okay with that. That's her right as my daughter. But when you mature and you surrender, God is saying, Give me what is in your hand and let me reach the lost. Let me reach the lost. So, Holy Spirit, we surrender. As I pray for you, Can you ask the Holy Spirit to help you see what's in your hand? Good or bad, it doesn't matter. Whatever comes to your mind, it could be a good thing. You see, with Benjamin, he had the preaching gift that he surrendered it to God. And God is using it, using his preaching gift to reach the lost all over the world. It could be your ability to connect with people. It could be your talents in the marketplaces. It could be your heart for the, those that are in the slums. It could be for those that are hurting. I don't have much, but I do have compassion for these people, whatever it is, good or bad. God is saying, give me what's in your hand. I could use it. I could use it. Give me what's in your hand. So come on, Holy Spirit, right now, show your sons and daughters what's in their hands. Some of the things that are in their hands are keeping them from joining you in your mission. Help them. To surrender those things. Some of the things that are in their hands are what you can lift up and use. God, show them. Show every son, every daughter what is in their hands. And give them the heart of delight. You know what I hear the Lord saying to you, Ark? Your Father God is standing in front of you. And just like he whispered to Benjamin and I, I desire your delight also. Son, daughter, even if you don't go, I'm still well pleased with you. Even if you want to still sit on that couch, I'm still pleased with you because you're my child. Because you belong to me. I delight in you. I'm pleased with you. And I hear the Lord calling the art to another level of maturity. Where you are able to say, God, I'm pleased with you too. Come on, talk to him right now about that. Those certain areas where you lived with disappointment, pain, and you don't know why God hasn't done anything about it. Even in those areas. Can you look into your father's eyes and say, Daddy... Daddy, I'm pleased with you too. I delight in you, God. I delight in your presence. Just a few more minutes before we move on. I just feel the father's heart longing for his sons and daughters to be delighted in him. Come on, you tell him in your own way. I delight in you, God. You know that Friday night when Benjamin said, God, I'm sorry that I've been walking with bad attitude in these areas, but God, 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 how can I have bad attitude towards you, you who gave your one and only son, you, you who would do anything to love me, how can I have bad attitude towards you? God, no, I delight in you, daddy, I choose to delight in you, as he, as he confessed his delight in God. God said, open your eyes and look around, and as he looked around, what he saw, Was beautiful to him. Before that. He was disappointed. But when he chose to delight. In the father. He once again looked again. And it was beautiful. What God was doing. Was beautiful. His perception changed. And tonight. God desires. To take you and I. To a place where we delight. In God. Just a few more minutes. Come on. Delight in your father. Tell him. Tell him. Tell him. And as you arrive and live from this area, Where you know that the father delights in you. And no matter what circumstance, you delight in your father. But all, in that place, all you want to do is your daddy's mission. In that place, things that matter to you doesn't matter to you anymore things that disappointed you doesn't disappoint you anymore because your heart pursues after god's heart your heart burns for what god's heart burns for and our father's heart burns for his lost sons and daughters His sons and daughters that are lost, that are being tormented by the spirit of this age. Sons and daughters that do not know the fathers in that live their lives in torment, in depression. God's heart burns for his lost sons and daughters. And when we see his heart, when when we see his heart, nothing matters. Nothing matters except my daddy's heart. You see, nothing matters. Nothing matters. Nothing else matters but God's heart. And I have no desire. I don't have any other desire except what God desires. Separate. Unto me, Barnabas and Saul, separate. You know, today, today, <laughs> God is asking, separate unto me, my sons and daughters, that will pursue my mission. My sons and daughters who are willing to lay down their own agenda And to surrender what is in their hands. That are willing to pursue my mission. To go find my lost sons and daughters. I want to ask the worship team to lead. And as they lead us. If you are saying, I'm ready. I'm ready to surrender what's in my hand. I want to join God in his mission wherever he sends me. If you are willing to make a new devotion and commitment to be separated unto God for his mission, during worship, I want you to come. I want you to come stand at the altar. And I want you to surrender your everything to pursue one mission, his mission. Amen.